Hello, friends. Welcome to the podcast. This is episode 43 on the Questions Podcast, where we are proving every single week the words of Einstein when he said, a little bit of knowledge is a dangerous thing. Because here at the Questions Podcast, we are smart enough to be, well, I'd say uh, smart enough to be dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Smart enough to be dangerous. Yeah. My dad used to say you have enough brains to be dangerous. There you go. But I like it. Same thing. Delivering. I like that. Spiritual, minty, freshness. Oh, and a barge full of cold-blooded love. Remember, if you have a question, you can text your question or call and leave us a voicemail. And if you leave us a voicemail, you might actually end up on the podcast, your wonderful voice. You can call or text to 760-814-1223. It's pretty that, simple. That would be kind of cool to have voices. Yeah. We'll, we'll have we could hear voices it. in our head. We'll have a call screener. A screener? Yeah, a call screener. That will be me. Okay. Yeah, ahead of time. It's part of our massive staff here at the podcast. Mark, can I interest you in a uh, no. Reese's peanut butter cup tree? I am good. Get thee behind me, Satan. Because uh, one, of our, one of our spectacular listeners brought yeah. me a couple bags of these. Those are nice people. I know. I love that, man. Yeah, and these are the bite-sized ones, a little bit smaller than oh, the ones okay. we had last All week. Right. So is you there can a full-size? Is, is there a difference? Yeah, this one, if you remember, the last one was like uh, it was at big. least twice the size well, of this. Yeah. But these are bite-sized. We can eat more of them is what that wow. means. Wow. Man, I'm going to, you know. You sure I, you don't want this? No, I'm good. Uh, because then you said last week in the microphone I was breathing funny. It was probably a, a peanut allergy, allergy or something. That's probably what it was. It went right uh, to your sinuses. Oh, my Lord. Man, it has been Sinus Owners Awareness Week for me. I think that's a lot of people. I think it's not just you. Oh. The, the weather can be challenging this time of year. We went from, uh, I went out and did a little hunting and uh, yeah. with my son. And it was kind of funny because uh, he we must have gotten my sinuses because we went from Escondido, uh, across the the great plains there of El Centro and all that farm community, and I don't know what they spray or do out there, but my head was going to explode. Yeah, and then we got to out to the uh, kind of by the Colorado River, doing some stuff out there and duck hunting, and and I the whole time my sinuses were just wow, ginormous. So yeah, no bueno. Yeah, it's okay. People got bigger problems than me. My poor kids, um, especially. Um, Addison and Elliot, they have, they inherited from their mother, like serious allergy issues. So, oh really? We have like little bottles of Flonase everywhere with their names on it. Cause these, these poor children have sinus issues and yeah, poor Elliot, especially like every night he's asking for the nose spray cause he can hardly breathe when he's going to bed. Oh man. Yeah. Makes for some good snoring. Yeah. He doesn't snore, snore too much. Oh, well, I mean, he'll grow into it. Probably. Probably. He's going to yeah. go. Yeah. From good to great and all that. Yeah, I, I, I definitely get the sinus thing from time to time, too. The other thing that I get, which is horrible, is uh, Vertigo. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's really bad. Wasn't that a U2 album? Yeah, it was a good one. That was the one that, that uh, Apple got in trouble over because they basically like gave it to everybody for free and people didn't want it on their thing. But yeah, that was a good album. Yeah, I, I remember every that. time my phone would bump, the it, song would start playing. Vertigo. Yeah. Bono. Yeah. Well, you've got the bloody nose thing too, huh? Yeah, my dad passed that down to me. His dad passed it down to him, and my oldest son has it too. He gets bad bloody noses. Wow. It's terrible, especially this time of year when it's cold and dry. Uh-huh. Oh, it is the worst. Well, the weather outside is frightful and all that. It is the most wonderful time of the year. Yeah. Gotta love it. Love it. Speaking of the most wonderful time of year, it's that time of year for Christmas parties. We've got all kinds of Christmas parties coming up. Yeah. 
We got a staff Christmas party tonight, and we have a, uh, what do you call it? White Elephant Gift Exchange. You got your gift for the gift exchange? I do. I got the best gift for oh, the yeah? gift exchange. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll have we'll to do see. commentary next week. Maybe, yeah. So uh, the I'm not giving it away, but I'll just say this year, I'm not giving anything out alive. Did you give something alive last time? No, I just have in my... Oh, uh, that's right. In In the... I, yeah. I will say this story of yours may be one of the best white elephant gifts. If uh, one of our listeners is looking for a white elephant gift to give at a party, this one's pretty good. You want oh, to tell people true. about the uh, your, your yes. gift at a previous church, yes. previous place of employment? My previous employee. And the, your, the fact that you no longer work there has nothing to do with this white elephant gift. No, it didn't. I did no. not get fired for that. That's good. That's good. You and uh, Well, there's a story at the end. I'll tell you that's a story on a story. But anyway, just I, we needed to get a... $25 general gender, excuse me, general gender neutral gift is what gender they call neutral. it. You know, so for the ladies or the what men. What are your pronouns? Let's yeah. not go there. So I I thought hard and it, you know, it wasn't a white elephant gift exchange, but I oh, mean. Oh, really? No, no, it wasn't oh. necessarily white elephant. It was just gift that had to be for a guy or a gal. And, you know, some people do the last minute. You can see it was cheesy thing, you know, or something they got for two bucks at, you know, uh, save on from last Christmas or whatever. And so I'm thinking, what could I do that would really liven things up? Because these things could be uncomfortable for some people, right? Some people don't like it, especially the stealing. They think it's so oh, anti-Christian. Yeah, they, yeah, it's anti-Christian. It and makes I'm the like, game hey, fun. The, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. He's using me. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yeah. So you got to accept the good things and the bad, right? Right. So uh, I got this idea. I says, I'm going to go to Vaughn's. Just before the party, I had the box and everything and a little towel, and I went and I bought a live Maine lobster. And Did I, he have the rubber bands on his claws? Well, he did when I put him in the box. I took the rubber bands oh, off. Oh, no. And I stuck him in the box, and then I wrapped him up with a nice moist towel in there because, you know, I didn't want him to suffer. I wanted him to have a good... And they're used to lights out because they're on the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. And... You know, they have the brain the side of a pin anyway. So anyway, uh, God put him there for my good use. So I put him in the box and the gift exchange came around. And Troy, who was head of security and a friend of mine, who's like six foot 100. I mean, Troy's a huge He's guy. He's a big guy. He's a big guy. He's menacing looking. Yes. And so Troy got my gift. Nobody knew. And he opened the gift and he squealed like oh, a Girl Scout troop. That's awesome. And when he opened the box and squealed, the lobster had enough sense to put his claws up and go. <laughs> and Troy squealed harder. Oh, and nobody no. could see what it was. And then our friend Lisa, who is the women's ministry person, there, you know, there's always a person in the room that has to look. Yeah. Right? They just are curious. And he was laughing so hard and screaming at the same time, he, nobody knew what was going on. So she had to, to, to look. Lisa had to look. And she looked and was just horrified. That is awesome. Now, yeah. Now, the, 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 the sad part of the story is when it was all done, nobody wanted Lenny the Lobster. Man, I would have taken the lobster. I, I well, love lobster. That's my. I'm Portuguese. My people would have been fighting over that, and I'm oh, like, man, I so good. My people were whiting up tight. You know, it's it's surprising to me. I how many people I interact with that don't like lobster. You know, we were on this cruise uh, a couple months ago, the Enduring Word Goose Cruise, and uh, 
one of the nights on the cruise, they have like the special dinner where it's surf and turf. So you can get oh, yeah. lobster tail and a steak. Oh, deal. absolutely. So what, what a lot of people didn't realize in our group is that when the server comes around and it takes your order, you can say, um, I would like two or three lobster tails. I mean, they've got a bazillion lobster yeah. tails. Yeah, absolutely. They're just going to go to waste. Yeah, you wouldn't want that to happen. So he came People around starving me, all over the world. He came around to me and I said, uh, I would like the steak, medium rare, and can I have three lobster tails? Maybe it was two. I don't remember. I know I had more than one. And then everybody was like, oh, you can get more? It's like, yeah, you can get more. So then our whole table. But then you start to meet people. They're like, oh, I don't like lobster. It's disgusting. And you're like, what is wrong with you? Yeah, it's glorious. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with those people. That ain't kosher. I mean, really. Well, actually, lobster's not kosher. I know that. I grew up in a Jewish neighborhood. Oh, okay. So I would always slide my stops in. More lobster for me. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, lobster. So the funny thing was. The problem is, is when your kids start to like lobster. Well, you should tell them it's not good. You can for them. never have them let them have this sort of stuff until no. they're much older, like getting ready to move out. No, yeah, my, exactly. my oldest son keeps asking me to take him to sushi, and I keep going, "Yeah, we'll wait a few years because because yeah. once it you could get pricey." Yeah, so he's got an appetite. I like had been dad. gone for my former employee, uh-huh. all wonderful people there, and during the course of a sermon, for some reason, gifts came up. It came up. I heard it, and. Uh, so the guy told the story about the, you know, departed Pastor Mark's gift. And it was a funny story. People were dying. But he got complaint letters from those who are, I guess they're pro-lobster. Uh, so he got in trouble for the thing that somebody thought was bad that I did. Oh, that's he, great. He wasn't supposed to share that story. It showed cruelty and insensitivity. Yeah. Sensitivity. I don't think so. I think it shows ingenuity. There you go. And creativity. Can I tell you something? Huh. Lenny was delicious. Oh, you brought him home? Lenny Lenny was so delicious. So you're telling me Troy didn't end up taking no, the lobster? No, Troy home? did not eat the lobster. What? I know. Okay. I know. So. All right. Well, whatever. His it's loss. Okay. His loss is your game. I, yeah, exactly. You know? Can I interest you in a Reese's peanut butter cup uh, tree? No, I am good. <laughs> I'm good. Now, now I'm thinking about lobster. Candy won't do. All right. Well, so, you know. Anyway. I was at Costco the other day, and I saw they had three lobster tails. <laughs> yeah. And I'm and like... those are huge. Those are big Costco yeah, lobster Yeah, those are tails. like the, the Thanksgiving turkey They're of lobster really tails. They're really expensive, though. Yeah. Every and time I, I look at them, I kind of think, oh, man, I would like to do that. And I go, I look at the price, and I go, nope, not I today. I can't justify that. Not or today. should I put three three tanks of gas in my exactly. car? Exactly, yeah. yeah. There you go. Exactly. That's so. about what it is, truly. Woo! All right, man. So... A good week. I'm getting ready. I'm all... I'm stoked. I'm excited. Christmas is coming. It's just around the corner spectacular oh my kids are excited they're super happy Mm. anyways i don't have any news stories today do you have any news stories i was looking on the news i couldn't find anything because ukrainians and there's there's only there's only political news and i'm not interested in going down that road i mean in the united kingdom they're having a vote right now they're freaking out over boris johnson and some other guy who's boris johnson he sounds like a basketball player well he he sounds like like a ukrainian basketball player boris johnson uh, Boris Johnson is the current prime minister after Lisa May was, uh, after she resigned from office because oh. she couldn't make Brexit happen. So Boris Johnson came in and said he's going to make Brexit happen. And then B- Brexit didn't happen on the drop dead date. <laughs> Did he build a wall too? No. It? No, he didn't get no. it done. Huh? And uh, so now it went back to the voters and there's, you know, there may be a new prime minister. Maybe it's even happened by now. I don't really I'll know. tell you what, they trade prime ministers over there like we change our underwear. Hey, it, mean, ain't like, it ain't like once in a Israel month. though. You yeah. know, in Israel, they've had, they're moving on to their third election in Israel for prime minister because uh, Bibi has got all kinds of problems. 
Really? Mucho yeah, he may, be, he may be indicted for uh, a number of crimes. What did he do wrong? Oh, something to do with bribery. You know, who knows? He probably, some guy tried to slip him a Reese's tree. It actually was something totally stupid. It was like a box of cigars and some tickets to a, a show. That's not bribery. No, I don't think so. I mean, to me, bribery's got to have like ones and zeros. Exactly. I mean, you, and you go and, yeah, I mean, you, you make your wife, wife a next, nice breakfast in bed or something like that, and it's bribery? That's not bribery. That might be quid pro quo, but that's not bribery. Yeah. There is a, there is a difference, I'm told. Well, there is, there's, you know, a there's gift. Political, uh, there's political problems in all over the world at the moment. Issues, problems. We got them right a here. A gift makes a way for its giver, I'm told. Yeah, that is biblical. Yeah. Exit so. polls, Boris Johnson's gamble poised to pay off. So he might end up being uh, prime minister again after this, but it, it hasn't come through. So, so yeah, all the news is political news, and we don't normally like to nah, get into political. I don't like to do that. Cause as no they, king, call it, they call it the third rail. Yeah, no, no king but Jesus. One. We, we could tell you want to run? Would they let us run over there? You know, I, I, I made the comment one time to Andrea that I might run for office, and she said, only if you want to be single. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would just apply for a job. It didn't matter how much bad stuff they dug up. Yeah. I mean, could you see me that I'm running for office and they dig up a picture of me, you know, sitting next to a dead deer or something like that or a dead yeah, fish? Yeah, oh, that would definitely come Oh, out. man, I'm a horrible person. Okay. Yeah, I don't have any I don't have any. What's news the, you know, Jump right the into the questions. Yeah, we'll jump. This I might mean, be the fastest rate we've ever gotten into the questions. Really? We, we might shock our listeners. We only went back and forth for 25 minutes? What? Well, it wasn't quite that long. Uh, you know, I'm sure we'll go down a rabbit hole sometime. Oh, wait, here's a news article. Stoned in space, Eli, Elon Musk sending marijuana to astronauts on the International Space Station. Why would he do that? I have no idea, but that's a bad idea. Gosh, you, you get those guys all high, they start, you know, there's probably weapons They're already on that high thing. enough. They're hundreds and hundreds of miles yeah. in space. They don't need Some to. of the greatest minds of all time. And they're, How cool you know, would that be to take a rocket to space? Would I'm, you want to do that if it was an opportunity, you could have that opportunity? Oh, yeah, ground control to Major Tom, for sure. <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> I, I would totally do it. You know, what's funny, that song, uh, there was a Canadian astronaut. I don't remember his name, but he's, a, he's got a YouTube following. He was on the International Space Station for quite a while. Oh, I saw him playing a, the guitar. He made a music video with yeah. that song. Yeah. Wow. It was pretty cool. Yeah. I don't remember his name. We'll have to put that in the show notes. We're, we're currently, my wife is, you know, she's not a violent person. She's a mild-mannered person. She's anything but um, yeah. violent. Yeah, she, yeah. She's nice. Yeah. And so we, you know, we're doing our, you know, planting our vegetables and this and that. And we've got a little bit of a pest problem out there. What in kind the of pest? Well. Is it a wabbit? Wascally wabbit. Wascally wabbit. So. Um, Silly wabbit. Yeah. So evidently rabbits like broccoli. I think they like anything edible that's green. Well, something. And they like orange things, according to Bugs Bunny. There you go. Carrots. Carrots. Well, yeah. So we, you know, we fence off and this and that. So she let me know yesterday that I needed to be ready with a gun if Uh-oh. necessary. Uh-oh. And the quote was, this is war. Uh-oh. So this sounds like Caddyshack kind of thing. Well, actually, do you ever see the movie Peter Rabbit? Yeah. The modern kids one. have seen it. I it's seen it's it. actually pretty good. Yeah. So it's live action and yeah, there's yeah, an, yeah. You know, animation or whatever. It's no. one of those movies that I know the dialogue from because when you've we're heard driving, it in the background. it's in the car. You know, we got the screens in the suburban. Right. So... so. She was telling me, she goes, now I know how Mr. McGregor felt. Ah, that's the guy who was trying to get rid of Peter Rabbit. Yeah, they were, well, the rabbits were eating him out of house and home. And uh, yeah, anyway. 
So instead of out, out eating natural rabbity things, they've been feasting on broccoli and lavender. Your and your broccoli, to to it. yeah. So huh. I mean, I'm willing to do my part and give the rabbit the broccoli, but evidently I was going to say, do you like broccoli? Is this like something that's high on your list? Not really. I mean, you take that broccoli. You know me and vegetables. We don't. Right. I mean, you take along. broccoli and you mix it with Chinese food, it's edible. Okay, that's true. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Steak and broccoli. Broccoli beef. Broccoli beef. That's what yeah, it is. Yeah, it's not good. That's you know, good. Not you know which one I really like? Cashew shrimp. Yeah. I mean, yeah, cashews are plant-based, right? Yeah, it's all good, man. Yeah. Anyways. Once again, we digress into food. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Can I interest you in a peanut butter cup? <laughs> no, I'm good. Thanks, man. I'm, you know, I, 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 I've got a big staff meeting tonight or party tonight. We do, My, yeah. Our first Christmas party of the year, I think. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. We gotta... I, I did a little extended fast the last couple of days. Oh, I did okay. a 40-hour fast, so I'm ready. Well, I, I Wednesday, I only ate one meal. In Good job. That. So, yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. So, uh, Numero oh, uno. There we go. Questiones. Mm. Since we're going down the Spanish thing, are there other instances in the Bible where the Satan, as in Job 1 and 2, say they're going with your the Satan thing. That was That's a while good. ago, yeah. Yeah. Referred uh, is referred to rather than the devil we know and hate. Do we differ- differentiate between the two when we how, study? How do we differentiate? Yeah, how do we do that when we study our own on our own? Okay, so uh, this question um, got resent to me because apparently I missed it when we were going through the uh, the Job study. So I apologize to our listener that well, we didn't get to our this one. podcast is fast and furious, very fast and yeah. furious. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the 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 issue was when I taught on Job. Um, chapter one and two, we have the the issue where there's this communication between God and this character called Satan or the Satan is what I mentioned. And oh, so, I like it when you call him the Satan. The Satan, yeah. It sounds yeah. like a ninja. And then I have to call Jesus Yeshua and God Jehovah, right? Yeah. Yahweh. 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 I'm not Jewish. How about when people talk about the Jesus? Oh, gosh. Let's not go there. Anyway, so okay. the Satan. The Satan. So in Job chapter one and two, uh, there's... You know, this back and forth between God and this individual. And, uh, you know, the traditional view is that the Satan in that passage is Satan, the devil, that we know of from, uh, you know, other places of Scripture. That's El Diablo for our Spanish-speaking friends. There you go. Yeah. Uh, And so I made the point that I don't think that the Satan character in Job 1 and 2 is the devil that we know. And so this question is going back to that. And so the question is, um, is there any other place... Any other instances in the Bible where the Satan appears versus just Satan without the direct article in front of it, as it does in Job 1 and 2? Um, and there is one other place. It's in Zechariah chapter 3, uh, but that's the only other place. Zechariah 3 verse 2 also has this, and that's the only other place. And in that passage, it, it could probably be translated the accuser. And then God identifies you know, the accuser and then speaks to Satan in that passage. So, um, so yeah, most people interpret the Satan character in Job 1 and 2 as just the devil, the traditional idea of the devil. And I was proposing in that series on Job an alternate way of reading that passage, which I think that alternate reading of the passage in Job, um, I think it's a worthy way to interpret it based on the interplay between God and this character called the Satan or the accuser in that passage. And I think that the interpretation presented accounts for, you know, the situation in Job a little bit better than assuming that it was the devil that we know. So... Uh, so yeah, most of the time when you find the devil in the Bible, I would say you would be safe in just assuming that it is the devil. When you find Satan, it's just the devil. But I think there's some reasons in Job where you could conclude that it may be something different, but you'd have to go back and listen to my message on Job chapter one. None of them are good. Satan? Yeah. Devil? Yeah. Demons? Yeah. 
Yeah. I, 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 I have this, you know, you get like... My, a, my youngest son has been calling people demon lately. Demon. Just, hey, demon. Yeah, like he called his sister the other day. You're a demon. Well, I bet hey, that demon. went over well. We told him, you know what? Probably not a good thing to say. Let's not do that. It might be... So we asked him where he learned that. Where'd he learn that? It wasn't me. Cross Connection Church. Well, there you go. He was listening. Yeah. yeah he heard about demons here. And he it might really be a good opportunity for you to... You no, know. it was a teachable moment. So you sat down with the kids oh, yeah, and explained we, to them how you cast out a demon and all that? Yeah, I think the best way is to lay lay hands on yeah, the person. For, for demonic accusation? Right, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. Was she acting demonic? I don't know. I didn't see the situation. Well, she just came to me very upset and told me that her little brother called her a demon. I said, did you call her a demon? And he had this little greedy little smile on his face. Cheeky smile. That's what I should say. That's Cheeky, the British yeah. Word. Cheeky. Cheeky little smile. Yes. I can't speak like that. I you know, once upon a time, I had a British accent. So, I lived in England. I know. Well, so, so the thing is, with little brothers especially, yeah, like with sisters, I've seen this out oh, there. Oh, he plays, he plays the little brother card really oh, well. He is good at it. Once in a while, they figure out what the, where the button is. That kid has a PhD in little brother. There you go. So they, they know. and so He's going to be just fine. That is not the last time that word's going to come out. Right. So, and so word association. I hear, like, I hear the, the term Satan. Uh-huh. And I don't think of the guy with the horns. Really? No. Like, and I, it just, it, it, the one just drove by. So in Pee Wee's Big Adventure, the movie. Yes. The name of the motorcycle gang. Instead of Hell's Angels, Satan's Helpers. Ah. It looked like Santa's Helpers, too. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So every yeah. time I see one of those guys on those big, ridiculous motorcycles with the speaking handlebars. Of, speaking up there, of, yeah. Speaking of Satan versus Santa Claus. Yeah. For years, it doesn't happen anymore because I think, you know, this person got mad at me. For years, I would get an anonymous letter here at the church every Christmas season. Oh, yeah. Rebuking me. For, You're the devil. Rebuking me for having Christmas trees at the church. And, um, and you know, went on this long tirade about how Santa Claus is Satan Claus. And I was like, I don't know where you come up with this stuff. So I'm grateful I don't get that anonymous. The tree hater guy's anymore. gone. He is. He knew. I think he started to recognize that the trees weren't going away. Well, what I like is that, you know, as you were kind of minister and you wanted to find out who he was so that you could minister to him and encourage him and show him in the word what things really go on. So you being a good pastor, we had, what, two trees? And now we got like 15 yeah, we of just them. just upgraded more trees. So every year you're trying to reach I out mean, to I got, this guy. I got a little electronic tree right there. There you go. It, you know, it's not like you're lighting it on fire and worshiping the thing, okay? Well, you don't know that. Well, not that I've seen okay, anyway. Well, good. I try to yeah, keep you're that not, for we're, home. we're not smoking the thing. You're just throwing up a traditional American Anyways, Christmas tree. we have digressed again. Oh, okay. So we, to- we know the difference between Satan and Satan and... Hopefully, hopefully. Satan's helpers and Pee-wee's Big Adventure, so... You keep referencing that movie. That movie is... I think that's the third week in a row amazing. that that movie has come I, up. Yeah, it's just... I need to go watch it, maybe. Probably not. It's You'll not, probably find that you don't want to like mention it any longer. There was no cussing in there. Well, that's good. It was a kid's movie. Your bar is very low. I, I'm just saying it's a kid's movie. Bar is low? Come on. Okay, this is a long one. No All one right. Too. You want to read this one? All right, I'll, I'll read it. Yeah. I there, mean, you know, there seems to be... I don't be, think I got enough education to get this past here. Man, oh, man. It's got words like Madeline and Mary Magdalene. Magdalene, Magdalene and, not Madeline. Oh, see, I was thinking of the cookie. Anyways, there seems to be a difference in the gospel accounts of the resurrection. Mark says that Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and Salome found the tomb empty with a single man angel inside. Mark 16, 1 through 8. Matthew says... So they're giving us a rundown. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all the different things. Get to the question here. 
which are we supposed to believe of the four accounts? And how then are we supposed to take everything in the Bible as hard fact? First of all, don't name your daughter Salami. <laughs> Salome. Oh, sure. I've heard it both ways. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, if you I hear guess. Salami, yeah. they're wrong. Okay. A uh, couple things. So the, I think it's worth noting that the gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they, they did have different sources from which they were building their, their narrative. So it's believed by most Bible scholars um, that the Gospel of Mark was the first to be written. And the, the Gospel of Mark, um, you know, he had some sort of source from which he's developing his narrative of the story of Jesus. And it's highly likely that the person who is giving Mark, John Mark is the author of the Gospel of Mark, it's believed, the person that's giving Mark the information is probably the Apostle Peter. So that's Mark's, or that's Mark's source, or at least that's the way that I would look at it. And, uh, and then Matthew, he, you can tell that Matthew uses some of Mark's account as his source. But Matthew was also one of Jesus' disciples, so he was a firsthand hearer of the gospel, and he saw a lot of the things that Jesus did. But he also mentions in his you know, account of the resurrection, he mentions the Roman soldiers— and so it appears that he had an extra source because he had information from the Roman soldiers. Then Luke has an additional source, which uh, is is definitely Peter. Peter's involved in you know communicating with with uh, Luke, and Paul's giving him some source material from that as well. And so Peter is mentioned in Luke as going to the tomb. He's one of the ones that gets to the tomb first. He went to the tomb to verify the report of the women that were there. And then John has an additional source himself, his own eyes, because he was a follower of Jesus. And he lets us know that he accompanied Peter to the tomb to verify the account of the women. So but he had a totally different view because he got there first. Right, he got there first. He yeah. lets us know that the disciple whom Jesus loved, he outran Peter and got He's there He's the first. faster pastor. There, yeah. 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 yeah, He was a little bit younger than Peter probably. So, um, so then he, he kind of verifies that Peter was there and he accompanied Peter to the tomb. So since we have multiple independent sources, then it makes sense that the story would be a little bit different. And... The fascinating thing about this is that historians and scholars will tell you that if we had four accounts of the resurrection and they were identical, perfectly identical telling of the story, then there would be the assumption that they conspired together on the story. It's just like this. If you get home and you find something broken and you haul each of your four children in, I've never had this experience, Hmm. you haul each of your four children, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in to tell you about what happened. And they all give you verbatim the same story about the dog running through the house and breaking it. You're going to be skeptical, probably. That's when you have to start asking very detailed questions, right. like yeah, let's get to the bottom. What of this. color was the dog? Uh-huh. So, what so you color? start to you start to puzzle through. If their story was perfectly identical, you would be skeptical of their account because well, especially if they're reading them off their iPads. There you go. Yeah. Historians will tell you that when you have multiple accounts of a single incident, that the story is going to be different because people see things differently. They interact with different people in the process. And so, you know, that's very good likelihood. So the gospel writers had a different source. So that's one of the first theories. Now, some people have a really hard time with that because of the issues of inerrancy and the issues of legitimacy, I can't talk here, of what's going on in the text. And so, you know, they get, they get kind of skittish when they hear some of those things. So that's first theory. They had different sources. Second theory is that it's important to, to recognize 
that the task of scholarly historians is to piece together differing accounts and to try and figure out what the core historical facts are. And when you look at the gospel accounts of the resurrection, the core historical facts were that on the Sunday, the first day of the week following the Sabbath, the first day of the week following the Sabbath and the Passover, Jesus, who had been in the tomb three days before, uh, some female followers of Jesus went to the tomb early in the morning on the first day of the week to further prepare his body for burial. When they got there, they found the tomb empty. And they went and reported it to the disciples who also investigated these things afterwards. And they also found that the tomb was empty. So those are the core facts of the, of the resurrection account that we find. So, so what you're saying is in a nutshell, the important things right, the important are in things agreement. Are the but the de- details as far right. as, you know, who was wearing what blouse and who got there, you know. Right. Uh, you know, who was huffing and puffing, who so, got there at an easy stride. All those little things. There's some little. So yeah, scholars subtlety. and historians would say that we can piece together the basic hard facts of the resurrection but on the other side of that, there may be some areas where there's different accounts coming in. Maybe it's some embellishing. I don't know. Uh, but again, like I said, some people get kind of totally freaked out with that because they feel like it diminishes the legitimacy and the, the inerrancy of Scripture and the whole account of the resurrection. So if if uh, our listeners are really interested in this kind of stuff, there are two scholars who are, are really have some great information on this. One is a guy who I've quoted before in talking about the resurrection here. Larry the, the Cable Guy. Right. Yes, yeah. absolutely. He's, he's totally, for, for he's totally got everything. Yeah. No, his, it's not Larry, but it is Gary. Gary, Gary okay. Gary, Gary the Bible Guy. Gary Habermas. Ooh, Habermas. That's a great name, Habermas. I, he sounds like a historian. It, a German historian, or at Gary, least very Scandinavian or yeah, something. Yeah, Dr. Gary Habermas. Ooh, Habermas. Is, it's probably Habermas. Habermas, yeah. Can we call him that for the rest of the thing? Sure, Habermas. Habermas. So Dr. Yeah. Gary Habermas, Dr. Habermas, we shall call him. Habermas. He's earned that doctor title. Uh, he's one of the experts on the history of the resurrection. And then another one is a guy who um, I really like, William Lane Craig. William Lane Craig is a, uh, he's an apologist and a philosopher and uh Scholar, he he runs the philosophy department okay, at. Iola. I'm just going to interject something right now. Yeah, if you want to sound cool, you either have to have two names like John Mark. No, you need to have letters. Okay, or doctor. Doctor's good, but I really think if well, you have a C H Spurgeon, yeah, yeah, that really makes it all. Like we'll just call me M E de Benedictus. M C Childers. Me, me de Benedictus. Me, me de Benedictus. Me de Benedictus. Me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What's your name? Yeah. Me. 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 The Benedictus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> MC. Mine's like Master of Ceremonies. There you go. That's good. Yeah. So that one guy has two names, and the other guy's got his doctorate. And yeah. When I, when I do start writing books, I'm going to do it under my pseudonym, but we won't go there. Today. We don't want people to know what No, that we is. don't. We don't want people to... I, I don't want to be outed. No. Mm-mm. Anyway, so... Uh, yeah, Mine's, so I think my Jack Russell will be mine. Jack Russell? Yeah. That's Jack great. Jack Russell. That's a great Do you have pseudonym. a little dog? I don't. No? Well, you should. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so yeah, if you're interested I love other in people's stuff, dogs. Yeah. Dr. Gary Habermas and uh, Dr. William Lane Craig, they are very good on these things. Yes. I think that answers it in depth. Yes, there are differences between the gospel accounts, but they not in the significant areas where it is important, and they just reveal more information, probably because there were multiple sources giving independent accounts of the resurrection. Yeah, so not enough to rock your faith, finds her? I don't feel so, yeah. I feel that the historical basis for the resurrection of Jesus is pretty sound. A lot of research there. Yeah. All right. Habermas does an amazing job on building the, the historical fact of the resurrection. Does Habermas... Habermas. Does he have a podcast? He's probably been on some podcasts. I don't think he has his own podcast. Okay, so he's still alive. But speaking of... You know how smart he's going to be? You, you know how smart he's going to be After he when dies? he's dead? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Volumes and volumes written oh, yeah. from him. But um, our next question, one of the other guys, yes. William Lane Craig, he's one of my answers. Okay. On well, question. what are your favorite podcasts that what, you like to listen to? What are the podcasts I like Mr. to listen Miles? to? Mr. Miles? Do you have any other podcasts you listen to? Well, you I only listen to the I, questions. Well, I listen to our, I mean, you know. You got to make sure what I've edited out. Yeah, I, I, right. I'm going to protest. I mean, you know, I'm here, you know, on a volunteer basis, strictly. Ah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I uh, always make sure, yeah, that I'm I'm represented in an accurate way. Oh, yeah. Because I, I get I've, most misquoted all the time. Yeah, I'm sure I've misquoted you often. Uh, they're still, my former employee, they're still misquoting me down there. I quoted you the on this last Sunday about um, eggnog. Yes, you rock. Yeah, only how many more days of noggy goodness? Yes, Homer Simpson. Absolutely, I love that little shtick he does with Marge. There you go. Maybe I'll put it in the announcements next week. Awesome. People understand. Awesome. Um, so, what podcasts do I listen to and like? Well, I have a ton of them that I listen to, but I'll I'll just give a few. One is called the Unbelievable Podcast. Um, there's a British guy by the name of Justin Brierly. Inconceivable. Yeah, it's a, it's a good podcast. He has conversations that he moderates between a lot of times theists and atheists, and and they're really great, great stuff. Another one is um, written or done by uh, Eric Metaxas. Do you know of Eric Metaxas? I know the name. I actually he wrote do. he wrote a really in depth book on um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and he's okay. written a whole bunch of biographies. He's a good writer. Biography. But, but here's the the little known fact about Eric uh-huh. Metaxas. Eric Metaxas was one of the original creators of VeggieTales. That's why I knew yeah. his name. Okay. He's, he's one of the voices on VeggieTales. I don't remember which one. Okay, but I have a thought. Yes. I was thinking this the other day, so it's like a rethunk. Uh-huh. We should totally do a series where we just do every subject that VeggieTales covers, all the scriptural stuff. Have you seen um, the follow-up to VeggieTales called What's in the Bible by Phil Vischer, the guy who created no. Okay, so we show them in the children's ministry. Oh, really? I've seen some of these videos that uh, Phil does for oh, what's I in the Bible. Oh, I saw one. They're good. Do you know what's yeah, in the yeah, Bible? Yeah. Is it true? Is it reliable? Yeah. Anyway, uh, that was my the, the extent of my singing there. But the, the What's in the Bible series, I guarantee you a lot of parents could learn an awful lot of good things about the Bible from Phil Vischer's What's in the Bible. But anyways, that's I digress. So Eric Metaxas, who was also one of the original creators of VeggieTales. Which we're now going to do a series on all those. Right. He has a podcast called Socrates in the City. So great. And he also interviews uh, some very smart, wise guys on his Socrates in the City podcast. And it's really good. And then William Lane Craig, the guy I mentioned on the uh, resurrection, he has a podcast called Reasonable Faith, which is great. And Mm. then two that have nothing to do with the Bible but are really interesting. You know Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs? Yes, I do. Mike Rowe. I've heard his before. He has a great podcast called The Way I Heard It, and it's kind of like a a follow-up to uh, Paul Harvey's, uh, and that's the rest of the story. Exactly. It's really super good. And he just brought out a book, actually, um, The Way I Heard It. And then another one, Malcolm Gladwell's the Revisionist History Podcast, which is great. Mm. Malcolm Gladwell is one of my favorite authors. You know that already. Yeah. His Goliath book was I I loved the Goliath thing. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Very cool. But you know what's really funny? So I showed that video from Malcolm Gladwell um, where he's talking about Goliath. Yeah. And he talks about how uh, Goliath very likely had a visual impairment. He probably had giantism, acromegalia, and that probably... Oh, save that. I'm going to use that all in the sermon and people are going to think I'm genius. Here's the best... No, no, they won't. Here's the best part. I'm watching this video with a group of guys that I do a Bible study with, and one of them is a neuro ICU doctor. 
He's a neurologist, a full-on neurologist. Did he call BS? He, he did. When Bible we were study? done with it, he goes, actually, none of that fits with the medical on acromeglia. And I was like, oh, snap. Bummer. Oh. Yeah, he goes, no. Bummer. Sorry, that didn't work. So don't use that in a sermon. You will be fact-checked by our, our good friend Brian. No, I'll just go get some source that agrees with what I say. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. No. So those podcasts are See, good. that's why I never try to seem smarter than I actually am. That's good. you'll get nailed. That's good. You will. It's like Especially when you use a today, Greek everybody, word. Like everybody's you... fact-checking us. Yeah, the problem People is... People keep fact-checking me with David Guzik's commentary, and then they send me messages, and they go, well, David Guzik didn't say that. Well, David Guzik didn't say that. He's probably listening to this, I, That's too. okay. All right. He's a big boy. He can handle it. Well, we're just going to call him If he pastor. said everything we said, we wouldn't need him. We're going to call him Pastor Fact-Check. Well, he's there to keep us honest. One of his jobs. There you go, David. You're here there to keep us honest. Yeah. So give us a call if we're being dishonest. We're going to hold you accountable. So, but you heard it. I, I could see the the Bible series now. Everybody's got a water buffalo. Love that song. Yours is fat and mine is slow. Where they come from, I don't I know. know. Say boo. Yeah, I love it. And then, uh, I mean, the Jonah thing is great. Uh, Jonah was a great thing. Yeah, was, Jonah was a prophet. But he yeah, really I've never really it. got it. Though. Yeah, yeah. Okay, ooh, so ooh. those fish slappers. Oh, I've called people fish slappers. Yeah, I was like, that guy's if, a fish slapper, and they these, don't know what I'm talking about. If none of these references make sense to you, then you are way too far out of the like late '90s, early 2000s. You got to do details. that. Yeah. So I really don't listen to podcasts. Uh, I will take snippets. I've listened to Jordan Peterson a few times. Yeah. Oh, I listen to the Jordan Peterson podcast, and I it's think really that the, it's in my little subscriber thing. But uh, who I do tune into once in a while, and it's not because of the information. Yeah. Because obviously, when you hit 55, you know everything, right? Really? Yeah, you're unteachable at that point. Oh, I thought that you're, un, you're unteachable when you reach like 22. Oh, but and then, then you get 55. That, you you're 55. right. You're right. I think I'm hitting my second childhood. So when you're done with that Reese pieces, I want to yeah. I want to smell the wrapper. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the you know instead I, of eating I couldn't it. I couldn't keep myself from you, anything. There's longer. no reason for you to keep yourself from that, Miles. You were saying though about being intelligent beyond oh, your years. Yeah. Anyway, so and humble, mm. but. After I've, after you conquer humbleness and there's other things to learn, but I do like the the alternatives medical center with you know uh, Tammy and Hannah on there. I like to tune in just to keep track of what they're up to, and I can't tease them unless I. I think to the that's podcast. why. I think that's why the elders at S, at Cross Connection Church are um, listeners of the podcast. It's a yeah. It's definitely They're a monitoring situation. I mean, you know, we didn't need an ankle bracelet, but we certainly could, you know, get that. Yeah. So, Greg, Ken, Mark, we know you're listening. Yeah, you're absolutely. keeping tabs on us. We get it. It's all good. Who's watching them? That's a good question. The Holy Spirit. There you go. Mm-hmm. So I, ta- I, I'll, I'll listen to Tammy and Hannah and whoever their guests are over there. And you know what? I was mistaken. That was my first Christmas party of the year. I was at Alternatives Medical Center, and they had a lovely Christmas party. And I went there, and I was supposed to encourage people. I do listen to some podcasts with some atheists, pretty hardcore atheists that hate Jesus, but we won't go into that. Yeah. Rogan, have you ever listened oh, to his probably, podcast? probably shouldn't mention that. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm recommending it, but I, I have listened, I to, have listened an to an episode of that. three-hour episode, and he has a little bit of a foul mouth. A little bit. So buyer beware. Yeah. But there if you no, want to find out no, what the people who... There's no beeps. Yeah. None of that. None of that. But if you want to find out what the unbelievers are thinking, right? That's a really good way to find out. Yeah. So, anyway, does those? That's it in a nutshell. Yep. All right. Number four. Nuts and shells. Okay. In Revelation, one twenty, it says, "The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, 
who slash what are the seven angels of the seven churches? Then in Revelation 4, 5, it says, Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. What are the seven spirits of God? Mr. Google is confused. I love that. Mr. Google is confused. Oh, the compendium of knowledge. Who, whoever, whoever sent this question, good job confusing Mr. Google. Man. Great work. You might have brought down the internet single-handedly. The reason that Mr. Google is confused on this is because there are a lot of... Let me say it again, a lot of differing opinions among Bible teachers, scholars, and commentarians about this one. Commentarians? I, I may have made that up. I, no, I think we should coin that phrase. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's very little agreement on the exact interpretations of Revelation, uh, but I'll give you the one that I, that I think is probably the most logical. Um, so on the first part of this question, having to do with the, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches in Revelation one twenty. Who are these seven angels and seven churches? Well, we know who the seven churches are because Revelation chapter 2 and 3 tells us the churches of Ephesus and Smyrna and Pergamos and Thyatira and so forth. So who are the angels of the seven churches? Well, there's two basic thoughts on this. One is that the word that is translated angel is the Greek word angelos or angeloi in this passage here. And it means both angel, like we think of when we hear angel, but it also just means messenger. And so there's two basic views on this. Some people think that the messenger of the church of these seven churches is the pastor of that church. And so Jesus... The whole time I thought that was the internet. What? The messenger was that, was the, you know... It's the internet. Yeah. No, that's the beast. They got a fax. They got a... No, no, the They got a fax. They got an email. They got a text. Let's see. Are there four more? Oh, you're talking about on your phone. The the messenger, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Facebook they got. Yeah, that's that's it. Uh-huh. Whatever it is, it's the Illuminati and the government working right. hand in hand. Well, isn't that what they say though? The beast of revelation, that's that's the internet, right? Exactly. Right. That's one interpretation. Yeah. This is why Google this is why Mr. Google is confused. Uh so yeah, so one view is that the the angel of the church at Smyrna and the angel of the church at Ephesus, that is, you know, these seven angels of seven churches, that these are the pastors. And so Jesus is writing to the messengers of those churches. That's one way to view it. Another view is that these are actual angels, heavenly beings, who serve as God's messengers. And in this view, each church has an angel that is detached to it. And it's like, that's that church's angel. So that's, and this angel reports back to God about what's going on at that church. That Maybe that's the interpretation. So that's one way people interpret the seven angels to the seven mm. churches. Two ways, two ways there. One, it's the pastor. The other, it's an angel. Um, so then on the Revelation 4, 5, the word spirit when it talks about the seven spirits of God is a different Greek word. So it's not connected with the seven angels, the seven spirits of God. What is that all about? Again, there's not a lot of agreement among Bible teachers and and scholars on this whole thing, though I would say one of the traditional views of this, which I think is probably a a valuable and good interpretation. The the number seven in scripture is often considered the number of what Mark? Completionis. Completion, perfection, fullness. That's kind of yeah. what seven is associated with. So in Revelation 4, 5, when it talks about before the throne of God is the seven spirits of God and these seven torches, you know, there is a view that that number seven is not speaking about, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's seven different spirits standing there, but that the seven represents the fullness or the completeness of God's spirit. And so the concept is that before the throne of God is the fullness of the spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is there. That's He's present there in that place. That's one view. 
So it does seem that the seven spirits of God in Revelation are associated with the Holy Spirit or somehow connected to Jesus. And he is the one who has the fullness of the Spirit upon him. And there's actually a connection in the book of Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah talks about the Messiah, Jesus, in uh, Revelation, I'm sorry, Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 and 2, talks about the Messiah coming and how he is of the seed of David. And then in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2, it talks about how Jesus, the descendant of King David, so the son of David, that he has the fullness of the Spirit resting upon him. And so uh, Isaiah 11, 2 says, the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon Jesus, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge, and the Spirit of the fear of the Lord. That's seven spirits that wow. are mentioned. So it's like the fullness of the Spirit of God. That's so, a whole enchilada there. Right. So maybe the seven spirits are a reference to the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the Holy Spirit, and then Jesus has the fullness of the Holy Spirit abiding upon him, and Isaiah 11, 2, maybe a connection there. Hmm. So in the spirit There's of counsel. There. Yeah. Hey, Pudra, what do you think? Uh-oh. What I think the people did, the people, they're crazy. That book of Revelation, there's a lot of stuff there. There is a lot of stuff there, Boudreaux. People misinterpreting and seeing things that ain't there. I just say... Boudreaux, who do you think the Antichrist is? I just say God win. Got the whole book there. God win. We yeah. win, too. That we is go. the, that is the know, end of the story. Sit back, had some mud duck soup, maybe get some, you know, some beans and rice with some cayenne pepper, Once again, and I enjoy asked, so Boudreaux, the feast of the Lord. Who do you think the Antichrist is, Boudreaux? Man, I tell you what, my mother-in-law... <laughs> She come down. Oh, man. Okay. We should move on. She did now. That ended the speculation. Yep. So that's what it is in a nutshell. All right. You were never indicted for that crime. The, well, di- the, the missing mother-in-law one. It, she, you know, it was a natural cause. Oh, that's what they all say. What I mean, there might have been gators involved, but <laughs> you know, natural. she meaner than a gator. Nature. She it's bit the gator. No, There's she bit the gator. Nature, nature was involved, she, not natural. She bit the gator. A okay. gator died. Well, there you go. But she might have been poisoning. Well, I'm I'm sorry you have to go so soon, Boudreaux. Adios. <laughs> All right. See, he had, he had a view. Boudreaux had a view. Boudreaux say au revoir, not adios. I think, you know, that whole Creole thing. is connected. There's connected. A, connected? To, yeah. Connected. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. connected to French, not Spanish. Well, I, I understand that, but so, the, someone, these guys get Boudreaux, around. Give me a Boudreaux au revoir. I won't, I'll say au revoir. There you go. That sounds good. Coupe de like Ville. Fragua. 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 Yeah. Fragua. Land out top. All right. Number that five. That's all the French I know. Number five. I took French for three years and I can count to 10. That's about it. Yeah? Yep. All right. Uno dos tres. That's I, I. I took some Spanish. Yeah, but the problem is the only Spanish that stuck was my plumbing Spanish. But that's another. That's thing. not helpful. No, usually not. I can't speak Spanish anymore because of that. Okay, number five. Someone I know has been having weird experiences. He has had a couple of strange dreams and then woke up to see something in his room. Uh, parentheses, uh, ghost or apparition? Question mark. There are a few other weird things that have happened to him as well. He is definitely not an enthusiast of supernatural things or doesn't take an interest in that kind of stuff. I don't know what to make of it. What advice can I give him? He believes in a higher power, but is not a Christian. You got any thoughts on this, Mark? Well, I think, yeah, I got a few thoughts. Do you believe in the supernatural? I do. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, so. Yeah. 
Um, I think that things can manifest. I wish we knew this guy's name. Let's call him Bill. 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 Uh, he believes in a higher power, and uh, but he's he's got some questions about supernatural things, but he's been having these experiences. He's seen an apparition or a ghost or something. Doesn't know. Unexplainable. So go. William. Yeah. Mark, I think go. He very well, things can manifest themselves. Very and, possibly. Uh, uh, the enemy has resources at his disposal. Uh, and so ghosts, spirits, uh, apparitions, that's... They's real. They, that's real. They's it, real. Yeah. And I think one thing that people have to really think about is that there is a real spiritual world out there. Yep. And there are things that are going on in the room that you don't understand at times and, or, or, excuse me, aren't seeing at times. And I know quite a few people that I love, trust, and know very well that have had the same experiences. And it's creepy. Yeah. It is really creepy. The, um, I was listening to a podcast today from one of my favorite atheists. Better Ghost and Garden. Who's actually yeah. a neuroscientist. Yeah. Um, and, and I was running on a treadmill and he was talking to a guy who's an expert in consciousness. Ooh. And they were talking about consciousness and how the things that we are aware of, there's a whole lot more happening around us all the time that we're totally not aware of. And of course, you know, the old thing that people <laughs> like to talk about is there's a lot of radio waves that are passing through here at this moment. We're, we're not at, tuned in to those things. Yeah, they about, It's yeah. invisible to us. We cannot see it until we're able to tune a receiver into it to be able to see it. So they were just making the point that he brought up the illustration of the, the honeybee, that apparently the honeybee has a totally visual, totally different visual spectrum than we do. So it sees light in different ways or sees different light that we don't see. So it sees things that we can't see. And its perception of reality is totally different than our perception of reality. So he was just making the point that there's a lot more to things. This is a person who does not believe in God or the supernatural, but he's making the point that there's far more going on in this cosmos than we realize. And as it relates to the supernatural, that's one of the things that I would, I would uh, indicate to people that... The first thing I would say to Bill, we're calling him Bill. How cool would it be if his name really was, was Bill? Bill. Pulled out awesome. of thin air. That'd be awesome. Anyway, first thing I would say to him is that he is interacting potentially with the supernatural or he is being, you know, he's connecting with the supernatural at some level. And so at the very least, we need to acknowledge and recognize that there is such a thing that is beyond the natural, that is uh, metaphysical. And uh, we may not be able to observe or perceive those things with our senses that we have, you know, touch, touch, taste, smell, so forth. But those things do exist. They are there. So it's very possible that uh, your friend Bill could be having some sort of interactions with that. And I would encourage Bill that if that is the case, even though he doesn't believe in a, a higher power or he doesn't believe in God, but he believes in a quote, higher power, he should begin to investigate what the Bible has to say about God and the supernatural because the Bible has a lot to say about that. And, and nothing's uh, more supernatural than God. Right. He's super supernatural. There you go. There you go. Super duper natural. Hashtag super duper natural. Yeah. But, so, um, but, yeah. but you know, sometimes people are having, um, they're seeing things that aren't there and they aren't there at all, really there. They could be having some sort of issues in the uh, mind. Yeah, absolutely. That but happens. I mean, like, that happens. Yeah, no, all the but, time. But I wouldn't discount spiritual activity. Right. I would all, I mean, I've, I've dealt with some of this stuff. Oh, yeah. And I don't really like to talk a lot about it because... Um, Make your hair stands up? It's creepy. It can be. And... Uh, I was called in with another pastor one time to go and pray for a family where their, I want to say like maybe eight-year-old daughter was seeing a figure, a shadowy figure that was communicating with her. And mm -hmm. she was totally freaked out by this whole thing. And um, so we interacted. We talked with the family, the, this other pastor and myself. 
and I asked them. Oh, I remember you talked about Did this. I talk about yeah. this on the podcast? Yeah, you Maybe did, I did. Actually. Yeah, I asked them if there was, you know, if they had received anything old and they talked about a gold pan from a great great grandfather who apparently had murdered someone and I said, "You know, I'd get rid of that because I think there may be some spiritual attachments to that whole thing." So, so there there are real things of spirits. I know this kind of weirds people out, especially living in our culture where we think everything is just physical, natural. But there is a metaphysical and there is a supernatural. And you go to other countries and oh, you realize... Oh, Africa is just right. Well, yeah, you go yeah. to other countries and they have much more of an awareness of this reality than we do. We just discount it because we think everything needs to be able to be empirically validated by science. They just believe in science. That's right. That's not good. Well, and I, the thing is, is I know some people that really get into these ministries of... Uh, we'll call them, I'm using yeah. my air quotes, you know, my... Demon casting out ministries, this and that. And they get into right. this thing where there's a demon under every rock. And, and that's a danger. Very unhealthy. Anything can be taken yeah. too far. Yeah. But it, it's if you don't think there's a real live spiritual world out there. I mean, that whole, and I've mentioned before, the screw tape letter book. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people, people out. can't make it through that book. It freaks them out. Yeah. We're talking about C.S. Lewis's book, which is a, a great book, The Screw Tape Letters. Yeah. But it tells you how the, the, the other side thinks. So Pretty eye-opening. Yeah. There was a book. I remember I was a kid. And this book kind of made its way through the Christian world. And I remember my mom reading it. This Present Darkness, I guess. I yeah. never read it. Is um, that like... Uh, Frank Peretti Peretti, or yeah, yeah. Peretti, yeah. And I, I know that a lot of people got kind of weirded out by that because it, it opened their eyes to spiritual things that are going on that a lot of times we are not aware of. Yeah. Well, I've had some people like... I did, we didn't get the pea soup, but I've had some people like... Yeah. The other voice thing, that's a little creepy. So tell Bill he should come to church. Yes. Tell him that we we nicknamed him Bill. Unless that's his real name, and then awesome. Yeah, I'd love to meet him and, and pray for him and, and encourage him because, uh, yeah, that's rough stuff. It's, it's the real deal. We don't talk a lot about that at church. I guess there is a point where I guess you could, you know, it's probably not a, not a bad thing once in a while to let people know. Virtually every culture has believed in some sort of supernatural goings-ons okay number six number six and number six is the number of man okay i am not you asked me that question earlier i think because it looked like my eyes were glazing over so no no i just thought i'd ask oh okay um i'm not sure i agree with what was said about the joy of giving to others the gifts god has given to us it seems that you said that we give gifts because of the joy we receive in giving the gift to someone else we are not responsible for the person receiving the gift for joy. We're only responsible for giving the gift, right? Okay. Um, so I kind of went back and forth with the person who asked this question because I was trying to clarify what they were Oh, you asking. did. Okay, so you have some background, so, which is so good. So yeah, so I, I, I somewhat better understand. What did you tell her? Well, I, I just said, can you help me rephrase this question? Oh, so question? it was a gal. Well, I don't know. Okay, I have no idea. Yeah. I said, can you help me rephrase this question? Because I don't, I'm not sure I'm grasping it. And I think, I think I have the question okay, right. Okay, because we want to, uh, obviously, we, we want these questions. We want right, them, yeah, for sure. yeah. Um, so I would say that what I was saying on Sunday isn't exactly what I think is at issue here. I think. I, I think that what I was talking about might be a little bit different than what is being asked in this question. So I would agree that when we give gifts to people, which we're going to be doing quite a bit this holiday season. Okay especially giving the gift of the gospel, which is the most important gift that we could share with someone. We're doing that simply to be obedient to the Lord. He's commanded us to preach the gospel. Mark chapter 16 talks about that and to go into all the world, and make disciples, Matthew chapter 28. So we, we have been commanded by the Lord to give the, the gift of the gospel to other people. So we, we are doing that to be obedient. 
So, so that's true. Um, the point that I was making on Sunday was both a practical point and I think also a biblical point. The practical point is that when we read, uh, Paul mentions the words of Jesus in um, uh, Acts twenty thirty five. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, Paul says that after he tells the Ephesian elders that he's talking to there that they should share with those who are in need. They should give to those people who are in need. And then he says kind of to inspire their gifting or their giving of gifts. He says, and remember, it's more blessed to give than to receive. So he's saying you should share with people. You should give gifts to people because you're going to receive a blessing. And he says, those are the words of Jesus. So, so what I was saying on Sunday is that when we give a gift, there's a blessing. There's an inherent blessing that we receive when we give gifts to other people. And one of those blessings that we see, there's a little like five-year-old, not even that, like three-year-old with their dad climbing on the rocks outside my window this often. Awesome. Anyway, sorry, squirrel. You think he's out there playing Pokemon? Yeah, she. I think it's she. She's got a little onesie on she's looking like she's having a good time anyways oh, cool. so i was totally distracted um so yeah so we give gifts jesus says acts chapter 20 verse 35 because there's a blessing there's a built-in blessing to us giving gifts one of the blessings that we receive in giving a gift to someone else is seeing the joy of that person when they receive that gift which i think is true even for the gospel so when a person receives that the gift of the gospel we have great joy and there's joy in heaven when someone repents and receives the gift of the gospel. So that's one of the things. So that's practical, practically true. I've experienced that. And then I think it's biblically true as well because of Acts 20, 35. So the follow-up question to that, someone might object and say, that seems like a selfish reason to give. So are we giving to other people because we're going to receive a blessing coming back to us? Yes. That may seem selfish, but that's exactly what Jesus is teaching in Acts 20, 35, he's saying, you should share with other people and give to them because you're going to receive a blessing. So he is appealing to our motives that might seem selfish, and maybe they are, but according to Jesus, it's okay. And I would give another passage of scripture on this, which is kind of a funny verse from Jesus in the gospel of Luke. In Luke 14, Jesus says, when you give a feast, so you're throwing a party for people. Yep. He says, don't invite those people who can repay you. Because that would be quid pro quo. Right. Right. Instead, he says, Luke 14, 13, when you give a feast, invite the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. That would be a lame party. But invite these people. I would probably get the invite. There you go. You and me both. Yeah. I think we got that invite. Are we going to that party tonight? Tonight. Right on. Anyway, so so when you throw a party, invite the, the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And then he says this, and you will be blessed. Because they cannot repay you, for you shall be repaid at the resurrection of the just. So Jesus is saying to us, we should give to those people who cannot necessarily repay us because there's a blessing that we're going to receive from God in eternity for it. So he appeals to our baser natures, shall I say. Baser? Yeah. I don't know if that answers the question, but I think maybe it might. Yeah. you have anything to add to that? Not a whole bunch. I mean, you know, gosh... I mean, I like to give. I do too. And the more you give, the more you like to give. You totally could have turned that whole thing into a tithing sermon if you were that way. I think not I that did it would have been bad. Service. Did in the ser- yeah, third the service? Third service? Yeah. No, I did not. Tithing's a good thing. I like tithing. 
I think it's cool. Yeah. I did have a an additional seventh question that was delivered to us by a friend of ours who was in the office this afternoon. Let's hear it. Okay. Is it worthwhile to interact with people through social media or online communication? The context was, let's say you're reading an article in the news and then there's that comment section down below yeah. and people vent their comments and you see someone give some crazy comment and you think, I'm going to respond to that. So is it worthwhile to interact with people through social media, Facebook and so forth, or online communication to challenge their wrongheaded ideas? Or is that just casting pearls before swine? Or grabbing a dog by the ears? And if we do interact with them, how should we do so to be the most effective? Ooh. That's a really good question. Yeah, I think it's a really good heart in that. Right. I think you, it depends what you're addressing. Because I've read, I like to read through the comment section right. on certain articles. And you know. And, and that we should acknowledge, in the comment section, there's a lot of trolls. Oh yeah, they're 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 they are they are trying to reel you in. Right. And so I think if you give a well informed, yeah, uh well spoken, spell the big words right, mm. um gracious, factual, biblical answer that is not coming off as being, you know, snotty or judgmental, just throwing it out there. Then what it does is it puts it in the other person's court, so to speak. Now, and they may even answer back in a really ungodly, horrible fashion, but they have to go to bed that night with that in their head and their heart. You just want to be a witness. It's no different than if you were into that person on the street, right? I, do, I, do the, I don't think you want to be combative and argumentative just for that sake. Yeah. But... I think it's okay in uh, just like you would engaging a real live person, you know, face to face. I think it's okay to, okay, to well, do that. I want to kind of piggyback on that okay. bit right there because my perception is, and this is why I've kind of opted out of Facebook. I don't, I don't look at the right. Facebook wall and I don't, I don't really comment on those things so much. Actually, I don't at all. And I hardly ever read the comments, although they can be kind of funny, but most of the time, like mm -hmm. we said, they're trolls. Right. So I think that that scenario I'm reading an article and it's kind of a, you know, most article, if, it, if it's going to end up getting, you know, people looking at it, it's probably going to be somewhat antagonistic. It's challenging mm -hmm. the way you look. So people are looking at these things and then they, they I'm going to comment on this. I have found in my experience that a lot of that online communication has the way of being really toxic and caustic. It can be, absolutely. And it might be nearly impossible to have a meaningful dialogue with someone in that scenario when you have a differing view with them. Whereas what you're talking about, if you had an interaction with someone face-to-face, -face, like right. let's say that person who is basically anonymous on CNN or MSNBC or Fox News or wherever you're reading your, your news, that person is essentially anonymous, the tiger behind the keyboard. They, they type in their little thing on their smartphone or their keyboard and they put it up there. And... No one really knows who that person is. If you had the same interaction with that person face-to-face, -face, you know who they are, they know who oh, you are. Oh, they would never, yeah. The conversation would be entirely different, right. and you might be able to have a meaningful conversation with that person and maybe get somewhere. I mean, I have had some pretty good conversations with people who see nothing the same way as I do, whether it's you know on things of God or it's on things politically or it's on things of sports or whatever it may be. And uh, you know, we're told at this time of year, don't talk about religion, politics, or sports. 
right? Well, yeah, but it'll cut down on your Christmas lists if you do that at Thanksgiving. Well, it's going to happen. You get them all riled up. Yeah. I mean, it's almost impossible. Every time I get together with family members, it's almost impossible for it not to descend into some of those topics, especially when I'm the the token pastor in the family. Exactly. So they want to talk about Mr. Christian. That's right. Let's see what you think about this. But when you're having a conversation with that person face to face, nearly every time you can have a, a meaningful dialogue and communication with them. But a lot of time when you you are interacting with someone online, you're not even really interacting with that person, but what I would call their avatar. And that what they are putting forward on online is not their real persona, if you will. And if you were to interact with them face-to-face, you would not get the same craziness that you're going to get online. So, Well, I don't feel that online communication or written communication is as effective anyway. I mean, how many times have you yeah. gotten a text... Yeah. Oh, I, email. I totally misread my wife's texts all the time. Yeah. And you, you may think that there's some emotion right. connected to it when there was none at all. The person was just real busy, but they were short in their text. Well, like I was listening to or emails and like totally different because it, right. when you're face to face, you can see the person's expression, their cadence, all those things. So you have to be really careful. I was in, inter- I was listening to a podcast recently and the guy, Malcolm Gladwell, who I like, he was talking with someone about this very issue of communication mm-hmm. and that. So he, he used the example. He talked about, I got this friend and you know we don't communicate a ton, but from time to time I'll send so-and-so a text and say, hey, you want to get together for dinner? And there's a big difference in the response, the text message response between sure, just S-U-R-E, right? Mm-hmm. Sure, and then sure with an exclamation point. So sure could come across in that written communication is just like, yeah, sure but sure with an exclamation point. It's like, sure, that sounds great. Let's do that. So um, so even little things like that, we can just misread the way that people are saying stuff. And that's a corny example, but you're right. I mean, there are so many times where we totally misunderstand what a person is saying because it's written communication and that. That's why um, as much as I like to text message with people, there are times where it's really important to be able to communicate face-to-face and... Uh, yeah. I think it's funny that, you know, if you blow a phone call off, it's a big deal. But for some reason with text messages, those can just go unanswered and it seems to be okay with people. It's yeah. kind of weird. I, I don't know what it is. I feel compelled mm-hmm. when I get a text message to answer it immediately. Wow. But there are some people where it's like, I'll text them and I won't hear anything for like three days. Or ever. Yeah. And you pick back up on a thread you know, and you know I'm like, did you notice is? that? Do you know what the best is, is that there's some people who send me text messages and it can tell you, it tells you sometimes whether or not they read it. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I know. I love that feature because it's like, you read this two and a half days ago, but you didn't, and you didn't answer me. They, the so you should turn that receipt couldn't thing do off. It. Turn it off. I have mine turned yeah. off. So the online thing, I think you could spend a lot of time going back and forth and do nothing. Maybe you'll say something that'll minister to somebody else. Yeah. But I, Highly I, unlikely. you know, I mean, I know some people that do online evangelism there, but that's got to be a pretty rough thing. It's so, challenging. Yeah. When the internet first started to come out, I was in high school and, um, where I learned to type was typing on chat rooms. Remember AOL? You've got mail. And uh, yeah, and then there was IRC chat and all this sort of stuff. And for a long time, I would go and I'd, you know, defend the faith, do the apologetics thing. And I did have some meaningful communications with people, but there you're actually having an ongoing dialogue. It's not just something that I post and then they read it three days later and then they post and we just get back and forth. Yeah, I don't know that it's the best medium for that. And we're really being challenged by this in our culture right now because so many crazy things are happening through Twitter. And uh, yeah, it can be a, a challenging medium. 
especially the anonymity of the whole thing. Yeah, people that's, feel that's yeah, and people just drop the bomb and go right. And uh, yeah, that's yeah. I, I, it's it, to call it communication. I think is overstating it. Yeah, there's words exchanged and perhaps some ideas, but it's not real communication. No, it doesn't seem like that. No. So that's for sure. I have um, encouraged a number of people in the last several years to take like a 30-day fast from social media mm. and just to see how your, how your overall mood will change. And uh, because I stopped really using Facebook about, I don't know, three, four years ago, and my, my mood went up in a positive direction very quickly. And it stayed there. So I just thought, you know what? I don't need that in my life. You can live without it. Yeah, and then people will say, hey, I sent you a message on Facebook like three weeks ago. Like, oh, sorry, I didn't see it. Yeah, I, I, I had a guy all... That's why you know, I got off of Facebook, and the re- two reasons were the Christians going back and forth, mad at one another about some political thing or some ridiculous right. thing. And it's like, how much you really know about this politician? I'm going to be real honest. You know nothing right. about this person. You know what the media has given you on whatever media thing you listen to. So you... Let's... Get something straight. You know nothing. Right. Uh, the second thing is, is I don't like to see Christians going at it in a public forum. And then I feel I have to get involved, especially if they go to our church. I got to say something. So it was another thing to police. And I don't want to do that. Right. And they're weak because they're paper. They're, they're keyboard tigers. They say things they won't normally say in person. So I got tired. That was very grieving. But then I actually had somebody just really mad at me. Because they really needed to get a hold of me. They really needed to talk to me about a deep personal issue. And they sent it to me on Facebook Messenger. And I didn't know there was such a thing as a Facebook <laughs> Messenger. And this person had my cell phone number. Right. Had my email. And obviously, they went to my church, so they had my work number. Right. Yet they chose the Facebook Messenger thing. And then one day when I finally I finally saw it, but they were... They had written a very nasty thing, and I thought... Moral well, of the story, yeah. send Mark an email. He'll get it. A call, or a call. Or a phone yeah. call, yeah. or stop him in the church. Yeah, there you go. Or text us your questions at 814-1223. And we'll answer them to the very Area best of our ability. Yes. Which is pretty limited. In 24 we, hours, we yeah. we only yeah. have half a brain. But enough to be dangerous. Yes, smart enough to be dangerous. Einstein said, a little bit of knowledge... Is, is a, a dangerous, dangerous thing. thing. Well, so much for the spiritual minty freshness. And the cold-blooded love. We are just a little bit closer to Christmas. Let the countdown begin. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you go. Wow.